WDBM East Lansing. Welcome to Impact Exposure. Exposure is 88.9 The Impact's one-hour forum discussing relevant issues affecting the MSU community. And now, tonight's Exposure. Good evening. Welcome to another wonderful edition of the Impact Movie Chat here on 89FM The Impact East Lansing's movie alternative, MSU student-run radio. Yes, you have your dial on the Impact 89FM, and the phone lines are juiced, rocking, and rolling. Give us a call. Let us know what you want to talk about, because this is The Exposure. It's an hour of talk radio about relevant issues. Tonight's relevant issue, it's always about movies, because it's the Impact Movie Chat. Phone lines are always open at area code 517-432-3893. Once again, 432-3893. Here on the Impact Movie Chat, the show was for you. The show was run by you. Let your voice be heard. Give us a call. If there's anything you want to talk about, questions, concerns, comments, you want to talk about a certain movie, a certain idea, give us a call. 432-3893. A very open Impact Movie Chat. My name is Brad Brooks, and thank you for joining us. And for the next hour, it's all talk radio, all about movies. The phone number, once again, is 432-3893. Let me introduce my wonderful uh, gaggle of panelists. Let's start off with The Doubter. Alex Dowd. Doubter. Yes. How is it? Fantastic. Third week with a nickname. How do you like it? I'm loving it every time. Eat more every time. I Are show. people calling you that out in the street? I've actually got it from one or two people. Granted, they're friends, but uh, yeah. I haven't had people coming up to me, random strangers on the street. But Don't worry. They will. They will. They will. It's good to have you on. My right-hand man is right next to him, the Reverend. Mm-hmm. Reverend, how are you doing? I'm, I'm doing pretty good. Yeah. Good it's good times. to hear. Yes. I'm glad to hear you're doing well. Yeah. Excellent. Excellent. You're looking good. Yeah, thank you. Excellent. All right. And last but certainly not least, I hope the, the keister, Andy Keist. How are you doing, Andy? I am fantastic. Thank it's good you to have much. you on Keister. You're looking well as well. Oh, thank you. All right. All right. As I said, this is the Impact Movie Chat. We're going to rock you out Impact Movie style. Um, for the next hour, it's All Talk Radio. It's all about movies. And let your voice be heard. Give us a call, 432-3893. Once again, 432-3893. The biggest story over the week, other than that Spider-Man 2, SM2. Thank you. Uh, I don't, don't want to do that anymore, by the way. <laughs> I, I proclaim that the last I've, uh, time. I've grown kind of tired of it already. So. SM2 de- is dead. Alrighty. We're, call it, we're calling it Spider-Man 2. <laughs> Spider-Man 2 uh, raked in a boatload of money. Which I'm glad to hear. You know, it's those so many people were were doing so badly, and you know they needed that help, that helping hand. Uh, but the big story over the week for us is the passing of screen legend Marlon Brando, and uh, two-time Academy Award winner. He's not only uh, um, you know him from his wonderful performances in Street Car, Streetcar Named Desire, um, on the waterfront. Uh, he was Vito Corleone in The Godfather, one of amazing actors of his generation, and uh, a Hollywood. Uh, Treasure and Crackpot. Um, <laughs> but uh, we're going to talk a little about Marlon Brando. Uh, and uh, we're going to be sharing memories throughout the show. Not as a downer, but as a celebration of Marlon Brando's life. Mm-hmm. Does that sound great, guys? Yes, it does. Sure. Yes. <laughs> That's enthusiasm, folks. <laughs> that is enthusiasm. Well, let's just kind of, you know, what was your favorite Brando role? When did you first learn about Marlon Brando? Uh, when did he completely lose it? Uh, please tell me, tell me how you interact personally with Marlon Brando, the late screen legend. Let's start with the Keister. Me, okay. Keister. How, how? When you think of Marlon Brando, what do you think of? You know, I have to. Uh, this is a really pedestrian choice, but I have to say he is Vito Corleone in The Godfather. I mean, that's his. He's had many great roles ever since his career began, really. But that's Vito is uh, is an icon, really. Uh, my first experience with Marlon Brando was actually as a very small kid. Uh, he, I, I knew him first as Superman's father in uh, 1978's Superman. Jor-El. And uh, at the time, this is a little bit of trivia. A lot of people know this. Um, he was paid $4 million for, what, maybe 10, 15 minutes of screen time. And, and at, that, at that point in history, he was the highest paid actor in Hollywood. Whoever, I mean... Yeah, <laughs> which is, I mean, it's pretty, I mean, it's very Brando and it's also very ridiculous. Those, those two things go hand in hand, I think. But, uh, yeah. When did he start to lose it? 
I'm going to say during Apocalypse Now mm-hmm. is when he started. Because uh, there's uh, the documentary that uh, about the making of Apocalypse Now called Hearts of Darkness, which is a really good documentary, uh, chronicles <coughs> the, uh, <laughs> the, the madness of uh, Francis Ford Coppola and Marlon Brando and how the two of them just kind of duke it out uh, throughout the production. And it's, uh, it's kind of fun to watch. And just uh, the ridiculous things that Brando did on the apparently he hated working and just did did not like he's kind of like Harrison Ford just didn't like acting very much despite being you know a phenomenal actor. But I'm gonna say Apocalypse Now is when he started to uh, when he started to depart this world. Right. <laughs> well, I know Brando. The only thing that really mattered to him back in the day was playing bongos. That's what really that's what you know the playing in the rhythm section was his dream. <laughs> acting was just something he happened to be good at. Mm-hmm. I didn't just so, you know, like Harrison Ford and him being a carpenter. Right, right. Uh, that's his job. Acting is just a little something he does to make ends meet, mm-hmm. you know, on the side until he can get his, you know, workshop in order. Right. All right. Reverend. Yes. Brando, when is he at his best? Um, Basically, the I'll say, like, first memory is either Superman or Godfather. I can't remember because I saw both those when I was pretty young. But... They were in the same day. Maybe the same day. Maybe it was a double feature. Um, but, uh, yeah, those definitely, like, put them in my mind. I mean, that's, you know, when you watch things as a kid, that's before you know that actors play characters and that directors make movies. I mean, you think you're just watching a, a story, and, you know, it's like, yeah, and I, I agree. Like, Brando is, is the godfather. It's like uh, Anthony Hopkins and Hannibal Lecter. I mean, the good actor, but he'll always be... You'll, that's one of the first things you'll think of is that character. Rightfully yeah. so. Right. Um, I think maybe my favorite role of his uh, is One-Eyed Jacks, which is a Western that he directed. It's the only movie he actually directed and was originally going to be a Stanley Kubrick film. And then Brando, it's Kubrick worked on the movie for like a year, and then Brando booted him off. He's like, Kubrick, you're a hack. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to direct this movie. And it's like, it's interesting to, to watch it and think about how Kubrick would have done it. But I, I still like it. I think it's a pretty good movie. So it was, it kind of like was, it was almost like a, a spaghetti western that predated spaghetti westerns. Like it was before the big, you know, Fistful of Dollars and, and Good, the Bad, and the Ugly got huge. So yeah, I kind of dug that. All right. Doubter. Uh, first memory is Superman. I, I mean, easily. I mean, I, I watched Superman when I was very young, before I was even, you know, quote-unquote into movies. Um, so Superman had to be the first time I saw him. I didn't know it was Brando, and to be honest, he didn't make a huge impression on me then. <laughs> but, I mean, he's not in it very Fool! long, let's be honest. <laughs> um, you were three, you idiot! <laughs> <laughs> and I'm not, uh, I'm not the hugest Brando fan. Not that I dislike him, and I'm not meaning to do him any disrespect because, you know, I, I understand that he's considered one of the greats, and I, he has done some phenomenal he, stuff. He has to have his due. Yeah. There's no way to be a film fan, you have to be like, you know, Brando sucks. You <laughs> <laughs> know what? Um, Everybody keeps talking, but Brando sucks. It's like saying <laughs> Citizen Kane, it blows. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Not allowed to do that. Yeah. <laughs> um, the God, I mean, the Godfather, he's, I think Andy's right, I think Phil's right, this is... This is Brando at his prime, I think, is, is the Godfather. Excellent. Um, and where he lost it... Uh, I think it's there's almost always enough time for someone to make a comeback. Someone can make a comeback extremely late in their career. I, I think um, James Coburn could have made one had he lived a little bit long. I, I think he almost made one with affliction, I would say. And uh, uh, snow dogs. <laughs> that, that was pretty good. Oh, that interesting. Oh, that's wonderful, that, uh, with that Cuba Gooding Jr. Also an Academy Award. Another, another. <laughs> Academy Award winners, James Coburn. Together on screen, as you've demanded. <laughs> We're talking dogs. Okay, that movie sucked. All right. In any case, <laughs> yeah, after that detour. Right. Um, no, I would say that there's almost enough time, for, like almost always an actor can co- can make a comeback, no matter how old they get. But Brando, in 1996, decided <laughs> that there's no coming back from this point when he made The Island of Dr. Moreau. Island of Dr. Moreau. <laughs> Anything that he's made since, to me, I I find myself picturing The Island of Dr. Murrow. Okay. It's the biggest self-parody I've seen many <clears throat> actors ever do. And But isn't that beautiful? 
that he's willing to parody himself in such a horrible movie. <laughs> I almost like the movie for how bad it is, and I, and I like Brando in it for how bad it's, he is. It's but... so bad. It's one of those movies that's so bad it's good. Yes, almost that movie mm-hmm. still sucks. <laughs> so it's not. It's not like that movie's awesome. Yeah, that movie just sucks. That's that's it's, the cutoff point. I'm for just gonna Brando say there. that movie is no point break. Okay, <laughs> that movie is no point break. I guess for me, as and I guess I'll have to keep agreeing with the uh, with the rest of the gentlemen. Uh, Superman, but I didn't even realize it was him, so I'm not going to count that. Okay. Superman, I, I'm with Ian, I, I, Alex. Uh, same thing. I didn't realize it was him, so that doesn't count. That's yeah. not knowing Brando. My first thing would be the first one of the first times he parodied himself, The Freshman. Yeah. Matthew Broderick <laughs> uh, is, a, is a freshman in college, needs some money, and like every, you know, you know kind of waspy kid who moves to the big city and starts college... You fall into the mob. That happens all the time. <laughs> I it happened to me. It happened to you, right, daughter? Oh yeah, of course. Still and doing of, with that. And and of course, there's there's the wonderful uh, Marlon Brando to parody his his own, you know, amazing character of Vito Corleone from The Godfather's as uh, Carmine Sabatini, uh, the boss in um, The Freshman, and it's just a little. It's such a hokey movie, mm-hmm. and uh, it, it's barely watchable. But one of my worst times I ever saw him, I, uh, the next time I see him is The Island of Dr. Morell. Yeah. And by then I have an idea who he is. <laughs> yeah. By then I have a faint recollection. I ha- Fortunately, I have to admit, by then I hadn't seen The Godfathers. You know, I, okay. it's a freshman, a few years later in limbo, Island of Dr. Morell pops up, Brando's in it. I know who Brando is. I've heard of his films. I hear he's brilliant. I'm going to watch this movie for Brando. Because it's, it's got to be Brando. He's great. That is one of the worst movies of all time. That really is. Val Kilmer's in it, swimming upstream like he's in a great movie. But, you know, David Thewlis is in it. Mm-hmm. Uh, Professor Lupin from uh, Harry Potter 3. Uh, Val Kilmer. Val yeah. Kilmer, oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. So, but every time I think of Thewlis, I think of that. So uh, you're listening to the Impact Movie Chat uh, here on 89FN The Impact. Phone lines are open. We have a caller on the line. Caller, you're on the Impact Movie Chat. How you doing? Uh, nothing. Yeah, we're just chilling. Hey, you know, it's the former engineer of your show. You know, how you doing, guys? What's up, Betsy? The retro queen? Word up. She used to be be the retro queen. Betsy, how you doing? Fab, fab. I'm just listening to a little discussion, and I was going to throw in the the one where he kind of sings, kind of (gasps) dances, guys and dolls. Yes. Ah. Ah. I like guys and dolls. Guy Masterson. Love to be a lady tonight. Luck be a lady, if you've ever been a lady to begin with, or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. And, okay, so my parents raised me on these things, right? And he's in it. And he's, like, sexy as all get out, right? Mm-hmm. And now sure. I, I just saw this movie the other day on, like, Encore or whatever, and I got three words for you. Don Juan DeMarco. And <laughs> he is fat, he's bloated, <laughs> he's ugly, and he sounds like, <laughs> like that. Yeah. <laughs> That's, that's, what, that's happens. what happens. That's yeah. what happens. Brando, <laughs> this is what happens to people. You know, Brando just said, forget it. I'm yeah. letting it go, baby. I'm letting it go. And he yeah, did. He's, he's like, I don't care. My my son mur- murdered his uh, half-sister's boyfriend or whatever. <laughs> right, I'm right. just going to let it all hang out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's, he's like, I'm set. I'm Vito Corleone. I'm, uh, you know, I'm, I'm in Guys and Dolls. I'm in all those Elliot Kazan films. I'm set. Two Oscars in the bank. Done. done. I'm going to let it go. That's it's what you do. Crap. I hope to one day to be able to just let it go. You know? Uh, to be Brooks. so awesome, I can just let it go. Brooks, I won't comment on that. <laughs> <laughs> well, let it go even further than I have already. <laughs> All right. Well, did you... I mean, I'm sure this has been talked about before, but how we played Vito and how he looked after he was older, he sounded like he did when he stuffed his... Stuffed his cheeks to be Vito. Right, he became the Godfather yeah, yeah. eventually. Yeah, because <laughs> he, he was a method actor. Oh, he was method. Right. He was living his life as Vito Corleone. Kind of the same manner that Dirk Diggler becomes uh, Brock Landers later <laughs> yeah. on. Exactly, exactly from Boogie Nights. Well, it was good okay. to hear from you, Betsy. Yeah, thanks, a blast guys. from the past from the Retro y'all. Queen. Oh, thanks. See y'all at the local video store. Take care. All right. right, That was Betsy. She used to uh, be an engineer here. She used to be a DJ here. She used to be the retro queen and did the flashback. Thanks for giving us a call, Betsy. Phone lines are open, folks. Give us a call. Phone number is 432-3893. Once again, 432-3893. If there's anything you want to talk about, give us a call. Questions, concerns, comments, 
you saw a movie the other day and you want to talk about it, let us know. 432-3893. We're also talking about Brando, one of the uh, biggest actors of his gener- of, of all time, uh, both figuratively and literally, has passed away. <laughs> and uh, it's a shame, And but we've had a week to get used to it. But uh, it's sad, still. He'll never have that one last great movie. You know, which leads me, we were under the impression that his last work was in The Score, from 2001's The Score, which, as I was talking to the Reverend beforehand, has a great cast. Mm-hmm. De Niro, Bobby D, yeah. uh, Ed Norton, yeah. Angela Bassett, good actors. It's, it's, it's too bad that movie's weak. That movie is not good. <laughs> yeah. uh, it's, it's hard to tell who was to blame. Is it Frank Oz, the director? Maybe. Uh, who Brando would not be was so crazy <laughs> by this time would not be on the set with him because Frank Oz is also known as Miss Piggy, uh, Grover, and Yoda. He's a puppeteer who provides the voices for those. <laughs> Isn't that excellent? Mm-hmm. Uh, I got a good Brando story on the the score. Go I don't ahead, know if you were going to segue baby. into that. Go, yeah, do, I might as okay, well. about halfway into about halfway through the production of the score, uh, Brando demanded to uh, uh, well. He said, essentially, he didn't want to perform any more of his scenes uh, wearing pants. <laughs> For whatever reason, I, I don't know. This is a true. This is true. I'm not making this up. <laughs> yeah, this is uh, true. This is true. And so from then on, Frank Oz had to film him either, you know, from the chest or waist up because he's not wearing any pants in half of the movie. Well, and uh, yeah. about, about and after and after they wrapped, uh, Brando is quoted as saying, well, Frank Oz was just he was P.O.'d because he couldn't. You know, as you said, Frank Oz is a puppeteer. He couldn't stick his hand up my, you know, and uh, play me like a puppet. And that's yeah. that's what made him upset. And, uh, well, the best part is that he doesn't. Frank Oz wasn't allowed on set with Brando. Mm-hmm. Brando wouldn't take any direction. Wouldn't act in scenes <laughs> that were shot while Frank Oz was on set. Frank Oz, as, if the story is correct, had to give instructions to Robert De Niro, who gave them to Brando, so that he could act out the scenes and like an assistant director shoots the sequences for him which is brilliant mm. the man was insane he was but r.i.p definitely great actor i ha- i have a could have been uh <laughs> crazy brando story um I-, I don't know if you guys heard this it was a couple years ago when uh the marlin uh, the wayan brothers i'm sorry yes. were making uh scary movie two and the original casting for there, there's a scene in the beginning, an Exorcist parody with James Woods. Marlon Brando was cast in this scene for a very short time, and he dropped out because of health problems. Oh yeah, yeah, uh, I remember that. Yeah. I wish I would have gotten to see that. <laughs> oh, the, the hits keep getting bigger and better with Brando, and, and as with a lot of people, his his star burnt brightly, and then it fades. But he's still there. He's still hanging out. It didn't help that he let himself go. He used, and I will, as as Betsy the Retro Queen mentioned, Brando was dead sexy. Hey, I got to admit it. You know, I just I just rewatched uh, in the last few weeks on the waterfront and Streetcar Named Desire. He was a good looking guy. He was he, re- he, he was really the man. Was. One of my favorite Onion quotes. Onion is a uh, satirical newspaper that's online and also can be found in Denver, Colorado. Uh, is that Eisenhower demanded that he gain four hundred pounds because he was too sexy? <laughs> it was it was hurting. It was it was crippling the nation. His his sexuality. And Eisenhower demanded he gain two hundred pounds. We have a caller on the line. Caller, you're on the Impact Movie Chat. How you doing? Yeah, pretty good. Thanks. This is Jack. Hey, Jack. How you doing? Good. Um, I I just wanted to comment on Mr. Brando. Um, my personal opinion is uh, he that he wasn't really. He wasn't crazy. Uh, maybe the word eccentric might fit him a little bit better. He was just willing to just be himself and not allow the uh, uh, social uh, the social laws that we all live by, the, the phoniness, the facades that we have to live by, but society insists. Uh, he just didn't live by that. Like having to wear pants. Yeah. Yeah. I I, I, uh, remember seeing him on Larry King uh, not too long ago. And Larry King was at, like, his house or on his back porch or something. And he was just sitting there in a a big wicker chair with his bare feet, big fat bare feet up on a a footstool. And uh, just, uh, he didn't care. He was at home. He was chilling. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, uh, you know, when he had to to testify for his... uh, 
this son there during during that murder trial and stuff, and they ask him, uh, you know, do you swear to tell the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth and help you God? He said, no, I'm not going to swear anything to God. You're going to have to figure out some other statement. But, I mean, it was just a big... Because <laughs> he was an atheist. He just, he just drug, yeah. drug it out. I thought, yeah, man, you're cool. This... I, I, I kind of dug him, you know. I, I like <laughs> So that's all I have to say. Well, he, he, was, he was a man who was willing to let his freak flag fly right. and that be happy is, with it. That is true. That, that is true. All right. Yeah. Thanks for giving us a call. All right. Thank you. Take Bye. care. You know, it's, it's like I always say, poor people are crazy. Rich people are eccentric. Well, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Towards the end of his life, Brenda was poor, okay? Well, he was rich at one point. At one point. Right, right. So he was eccentric up until like 95. And then he just go. became crazy. Well, it was at that point nobody really cared anymore. So yeah. He was in the line. But Marlon Brando has unfortunately passed away. And you're listening to the Impact Movie Chat here on 89FM, the Impact. Phone lines are open, 432-3893. Once again, 432-3893. Give us a call. We're talking about, it's an open show, no topic. We're just talking about whatever. At the moment, we're talking about Marlon Brando, one of the uh, true legends of uh, film has passed away within the last week. And we're just reminiscing about his career. If there's anything else you want to talk about, anything in the world, give us a call. Movie-related, please. Anything in the world that's movie-related, give us a call. <laughs> uh, 432-3893. Once again, 432-3893. And as, as I was getting into when I talked about the score, we all were under the impression that the score was his last work. You know, that he was going out like that. But, alas, it looks like Marlon Brando may have gone the way of Orson Welles. <laughs> uh, Orson Welles, one of the greatest director-actor combinations of all time. His last, uh, his last theatrical appearance is what, Reverend? Uh, Transformers the movie. And who does he play? Uh, Unicron. Unicron, the giant uh, planet-eating planet. Now, if you're an amazing screen actor and director, what better way to go out than as the voicing an animated galactic planet that eats everything? Mm-hmm. I can think of no other way. Can you? No. Uh. Not possible. It's not possible coming with a better situation. That was Orson Welles. Marlon Brando, with foresight, knowing, hey, I'm crazy and old, probably in poor health. I'm going to get into a animated film. It looks like in the year 2006, just before he died, Marlon Brando was able to voice a role, a minor role in a film called Big Bug Men, which is due out in 2006. So, maybe we have not seen the last, or heard the last. Of this film great Marlon Brando. What's so. the movie about? Uh, These men that are cartoon characters. It's it's an animated film, dude. <laughs> There's no plot. Animated films don't have plots. Come on. <laughs> it's just flashing stuff for uh, the kitties. So they'll go out and buy candy and toys. Mm. Done. All right. <laughs> As I said, listen to the Impact Movie Chat. You're on 89FM, the Impact. Talk about anything you want to talk about. As long as it's movie related. Give us a call. Four three two three eighty nine three. If you saw a movie last week and you want to talk about, it, give us a call. Four three two three eighty nine three. If you think, hey, I got a great idea for a movie, give us a call. Four three two three eighty nine three. And just want to remind you, uh, we do have a message board on our website. Reverend, do you know what the website is? Uh, Impact eighty nine FM dot org. Yes. Yay! Excellent. <laughs> Impact eight nine FM dot org is the Impact's uh, very special, very wonderful official website it's got tons of rocking out information and great things to do including message boards and the impact movie chat has a message board feel free to go on that once again that's impact 89 fm.org our phone number right now is 432-3893 give us a call if there's anything you want to talk about let's move away from marlon brando shall we <laughs> um i heard one bit of news that i'm only going to mention this is the only bit of news. usually we do the reverend's news yeah correct yeah other than, and did you have any news that you wanted to go into, Reverend? No, nothing, nothing too interesting nothing, this week. Nothing that grabbed me. Nothing that slept you across the face and made yeah. you do the dishes? Yeah, no. Okay. <laughs> the only thing that got me was something I read off a, a fairly reputable rep- website. And it quoted CNN as the source. And it says that there may be some headway in the Superman production. Because there's a new person in talks becoming the Man of Steel. Okay. Do you know who this is? I don't know. Well, according to the website, which I, you know, we usually get a good amount of our information from, darkhorizons.com, fairly good website. Right. Just collects information from other sites, from other news organizations, darkhorizon.com, all one word. Uh, Superman 
is going to be played by JC, Jim Cavazil. Oh, wow. really? Or Cavazil, as how right. he's, he's pronouncing it nowadays. Yes, the man who played Jesus in The Passion of the Christ, Mel Gibson's film, which I believe so far is still the biggest movie of the year, uh, money-wise. If Probably. Shrek Two hasn't, mm, Shrek Two maybe I don't know. Yeah. They're both made a lot of money. They're both no. they're both up there, and I've lost count. Yeah, um, he's in talks to being the new uh, Superman, the new Man of Steel. How, how does that work for you? The man who played Jesus plays Superman. That's those are some iconic characters. Yes. <laughs> well, you know, I mean, yes, that is an interesting way to look at it. I mean, you could also look at it as it's Jim Caviezel and. I think he's an all right actor, you know? Yeah, I'm No done. longer sure. can I look at Jim Caviezel <laughs> and think of him as just an actor, Reverend. How can you? He was in The Passion. Count of Monte Cristo. He was good in that. Count on adventure. Count on passion. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, the character of Superman was written with uh, the character of Jesus in mind somewhat. I mean, the mythology is not is dissimilar. There? Interesting. But, uh, oh, well, I mean, if you go back and watch the original Superman, the speeches that Marlon Brando gives and that the the hologram thing, right? You know, I guess I've, I've, I've sent them you, my only son. That you know, oh, that's the kind of they can be a great people, Kello. They only lack the the proper light to guide them or whatever. Right, right, that right. kind of wow. thing. Wow, someone has seen Superman. Someone really, one recently. Wow, someone, someone likes Superman. <laughs> oh, I, yeah, I thought you meant the. Uh... The comic character, because oh, no, I was no, like, no, no, two no. Jewish immigrants were... Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Not, not saying, but it was it was molded in that, but thankfully, by Richard Donner. Okay. Right, right. But that was the only bit of news, and I thought I'd throw that out there for a little bit of something. So All right, so, and we're done with that. So, so we can get teaser trailers saying his passion gave him superpowers. Right. His passion saved uh, Metropolis. I don't know. I, I, well, at I least hope so. I think, uh, referencing the... Um, the horrible golf movie they was just in. I can't even remember who it was about. Bobby was something or other. Bobby, yeah. yeah, it was the life of Bobby. Something. Yeah. Basically, Jim Caviezel, which no one, you know, which few people know prior prior to the Passion, was recently in a film that was just released uh, about a golf legend, Bobby something. If you know it, give us a call. We know. <laughs> uh, and all the advertisements about it were about his passion. Made him the greatest golfer of all time. His passion <laughs> led him to fame. Stroke of genius. Stroke of genius. Thank you. The Bobby something story. The Bobby something story. <laughs> if you know the something, give us a call. 432-3893. We don't know. We're not in front of a computer either. Or we'd go to IMDB. Internet Movie Database. Indeed. Dot com. Great site. Uh, but yes, I doubt Warner Brothers is going to push it as a... Uh, a passion hanger on. <laughs> right. But that would be interesting. I'm actually, uh, the, the only thing that surprised me about that is that I thought they were trying to cast a little younger. I mean, he's he's like, you know, what, mid-30s? mid-30s? Yeah. yeah, I mean, there's a lot of people they're talking about are like Ashton Kutcher, Jake Gyllenhaal, like people who are a little, little younger. So yeah. that surprises me. Some kids. Yeah. Though they're my age, but still, nonetheless, they're young. <laughs> I think they, the idea is they want these Batman and Superman movies to be franchises and... You try to have the same people for as yeah. long as possible. So, yeah. unlike <laughs> unlike Bang. the Batman franchise, which <laughs> which sucked, <laughs> right? Because it had to keep switching, and because of Joel Schumacher, right? Joel Schumacher sucks. Uh huh. Yes. Okay. So let's go. <laughs> which leads me into <gasps> the yes, gotcha. yes, the trailer. We okay. wanted to talk about some trailers. We occasionally do this on the show. I like to call it trailer talk, and we'll write a jingle for it. So the next time I mention it, the engineer can play. But trailer talk. Okay. Um. <laughs> We occasionally like to mention what bad trailers we've seen. And this is a kind of a public outreach for you. Because, I mean, I don't go to see, don't get to see that many movies. It's not as many as I'd like. But occasionally, I'm duped into seeing a bad one. Well, not really. But occasionally, I've heard of people who see bad movies. <laughs> accidentally. And we get to see these trailers. We want to let you know what movies are going to be bad based on the trailer. So this is what we're doing. It's trailer talk. One of them is the new picture by Joel Schumacher. And as soon as I said Joel Schumacher in trailers, Andy's, ears, Andy's eyes were alight. <laughs> Joel Schumacher is uh, is helming the uh, movie production of Andrew Lloyd Webber's Phantom of the Opera. Um, which I'm not really a big fan of Andrew Lloyd Webber, and I don't really care about this movie. Except for the fact that it's being directed by Joel Schumacher. I hate a lot of things in this world. One of them is Joel Schumacher. Ashton Kutcher, Britney Spears. I don't like a lot of things. These are my opinions, my opinions alone. Not the opinion of anyone else, and definitely not this radio station at Michigan State University. <laughs> but I dislike Joel Schumacher with a vengeance. And he's got a new movie coming out. Now, Andy. Yes. 
Did you see anything in that trailer to make you think that this movie would be good? I didn't see very much for very long in that trailer. It was uh, it looked it, it looked very Bruckheimer ish to me. It looked as if Jerry Bruck- Bruckheimer were going to produce Phantom. Yes, and what it struck me most about this is there are, there are two types of trailers. One is the type of trailer that has a chance of being good. And this is where they have maybe a voiceover guy or you get to hear some dialogue or some music from the movie. You get to kind of get an idea of what the plot is about from the trailer. They use clips of the movie. The other type of trailer, which is always bad, is when they just show clips of the movie with some like instrumental score over mm-hmm. it. You never hear, there's no announcer announcing what the film is. There's no dialogue from the characters. It's just that. That's what Family of the Opera was. Just clips with just music playing over the whole thing. I have not seen a movie, and I dare you to proclaim a movie, which had a trailer in which was just clips and music played over, which the movie was good. Uh, do I do I have to do it? Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind. That movie, not that movie starts that I will I will say here you're close. Okay, but that move that does start off with uh, one line of dialogue. It start no it does it does start off with some dialogue. It does have dialogue. Is there it? a chance of brain damage? Technically, <laughs> technically it is brain damage. It is a dialogue. Plus there is a, an intro to it that is filmed for it. So okay, close, but you're very close. So it's, like, gotta be, it's gotta be montage, all music, all, mon- montage, all Ooh. music. I'm gonna let you think. So keep I got, going. I got one. It's it, and it will be the exception that proves the rule. <laughs> the uh, the fifth element. Wait, wait, that movie was good. I liked it. Yeah, I thought it was cute. And the trailer for it is all <laughs> Eric Serra music. No, no dialogue. It's just a, a montage clip. I mean, it's not brilliant or anything. Okay, I don't necessarily want to say the movie's good, so we're gonna hold off on that one. But a good choice, <laughs> nonetheless. Right. So if you can think of a movie in which the trailer is just clips, montage clips, no dialogue. Just instrumental music over it, and the movie was good. Give us a call, 432-3893. But Phantom of the Opera is this type of movie, right? Yeah, to, to come back to Phantom, yes. uh, it doesn't really look... It looks very much like the Oscar bait, or a big Oscar bait for this year. Whichever stu- I forget which studio is backing it up, but it's obviously their big gun, yeah. and I'm sure it won't be that great. And part of the problem is Andrew Lloyd Webber's uh, musicals are about the spectacle on stage. Right. I don't know if that's really going to translate to the spectacle on film. Mm-hmm. It just might be seem home home. I don't know. Alex has a choice. No, actually, um, I'm, want to see about- I have a retort. Actually. Okay, go ahead. Um, I don't think the trailer looks that bad. You are a honest. fool. I mean, I don't like Joel <laughs> Schumacher really. I, he's I'm made right a couple of films which I which I enjoy. I like, like Tigerland. I like Lost Boys. I'll give you Tigerland. I'll give you Lost Boys. Okay. Um, <laughs> And I don't. I'm pretty indifferent. I would say to the to the source material. Um, I like the story of the Phantom of the Opera. I've never seen the Broadway musical, um, but uh, you've never seen Phantom, man. You're missing <laughs> out. But I don't know. I mean, this looks like the sort of thing that he should be doing. I guess he shouldn't try for you know something that's not over the top and full of flashy colors. You know, I think that almost suits this material. Yeah, I mean, he's I, I, that's ex- almost exactly what I was gonna say too. It's <laughs> like, I mean, if okay, what I mean, what do people hate about the Batman Schumachers because they're flamboyant and over the top? I mean, that's perfect for that Phantom, is the Phantom of the Opera. You know? right. That's and that, okay. I, and I don't hate Joel Schumacher as I have to mention every once in a while. Yeah, I think he's okay. I mean, he's not great, but he's made a couple movies I like. Yeah, I'm down. All right, I, and also, I mean, in defense of the trailer too, it's like. I think that this trailer is, if they is really just for people who've seen the musical or know about the musical, which is a lot of people. So if they just get those people to see that movie, it'll, it'll make success. money. Okay. Yeah. Will those same people like the movie though? Because I know I know Phantom of the Opera, at least the stage production, has a very strong following. I've never seen the stage production, but I'm aware of the uh, the cult that surrounds it. And yeah. I don't know. Is oh. this? I mean. Oh. Okay, so so Family Opera, the trailer's out. I think it looks it looks like a bad trailer. I think it's gonna be a bad movie. It may Schumacher may be the perfect director for this, but still doesn't proclaim that this movie will be good. I proclaimed it to be bad. <laughs> I've only seen the trailer because I make snap judgments. All right, you're listening to Impact Movie Chat. You're on 89 FM. Phone lines always open four three two three eighty nine three. Once again four three two three eight nine three. Give us a call if there's anything you want to talk about. Anything and. During trailer talk, we have to talk about a trailer that's just come out. Uh, and it may be one for one of the worst movies of the year. And we're not talking about Catwoman. A new movie has stepped up to the plate. <laughs> At least trailer-wise, that may be the worst movie of the year. 
Reverend. Take it away, Reverend. Yes. Um, yeah. <clears throat> and I'm I'm more of a I'm more of a lover than a hater, I think, in terms of movies. I'll, I'll you know, I'll give movies some leeway, like, yeah, okay, maybe it'll be stupid, but it might be all right. Yeah, I saw a trailer for this movie called Christmas with the Cranks with uh, Tim Allen and uh, Jamie Lee Curtis in it. Man, that I'm 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 calling that out as probably I'm going to say that'll be the worst movie of the year. I'm calling it out right now. Worse um, worse than White Chicks? <clears throat> yes. Wow. I mean, I haven't seen White Chicks, but we can assume. Yeah, it's just it just looks so like why was this made? It it hurts me to just watch the trailer. It's just like, ugh. you know, like Dan Aykroyd. Dan Aykroyd's really sad. You know, his <laughs> his career has just gone nowhere. You know, he's not funny anymore. Oh, you leave Dan Aykroyd alone. He's like a little puppy. Uh-huh. Yeah, I don't know that. That I think I saw it in uh, maybe in front of Spider Man or something. And, but yep. it was it was one of those things where you're same thing. You're waiting to get to the movie, and it's like. Christmas with the Cranks, come on. <laughs> yeah. Apparently based on a John, John Grisham book. John too. Grisham, uh, the man who brought you to the firm, A Time to Kill, Pelican Brief, The Client, Chamber, and other bad movies. Well, because he keeps <laughs> writing these books that turn into them. Uh, and The Client, Joel Schumacher film. Mm-hmm. All comes full circle, thank you. Uh, but he wrote a, a cute little Christmas story um, that you know soccer moms enjoyed. And I don't... I saw the trailer, and I believe it... I, I, maybe my memory is slipping me now, but I, I, it was it said... Skipping Christmas mm-hmm. was the name of the movie. So interesting that there's a possibility that it could be under two different titles. Well, it does say in the trailer, based on best-selling novel titled Skipping Christmas. I don't know if you... Maybe if I maybe I was just so lost in my hatred of it that I, <laughs> I couldn't I, handle anymore. I've heard, a, but I've heard of someone else say that they saw a trailer for it with the Skipping Christmas title. So maybe okay. it, there was like, they changed the title, which is fairly common. Fairly common, but know? not once you get to the... The trailer stage. The trailer stage. You don't have two of them up. But yes, uh, Tim Allen still making Christmas movies because that's the only type of work he can get. Yeah. And Jamie Lee Curtis trading in all of the, I want to say street cred, right. or all the praise that she got for Freaky Friday with this movie. I got one, Brad. Sorry, sorry to interrupt. All right, all right. Once again, to recap, I proclaim that any trailer with just video montage, with just instrumental music over it, is bad. That no movie can be can be good. Mm-hmm. Now this is a blanket statement, and I said it before I really thought about it. You did, but I'm sticking to my guns. And I'm, I'm. If you can think of one, give us a call four three two three eight nine three. And Alex, you love please. this movie. Do you what? do. Kill Bill. The no, trailer that uh, I don't think that's it true. does have There's some dialogue. One line, I think. That's all it takes. That's that's, <laughs> that's all it takes is was, one line. There was a line, yeah, because there's a line in Eternal Sunshine. But I got one. Okay. Because this one I thought he was talking about Alien. Yes. Ooh. Alien yeah, right. and Aliens yep. both have Ooh. a trailer with just clips and music. Just clips and music. Just clips other than I think a voiceover announcer saying space uh, no one can uh, hear uh, the screen. Uh, uh, Not even voiceover. Voiceover. I thought Phantom had voiceover. No. Vo- I don't believe Phantom had voiceover. I don't think so. But the, the trailer the original trailer for Alien doesn't have any voiceover or any, nothing at all i think it might yeah like it might this, not it's even. like this like beeping thing it's just a really the, good trailer it's awesome all right yeah. all but right there's no dialogue oh yeah so that might be <laughs> it that might be it we have to go we have to go back 30 years <laughs> to find it but we got it well, well it's, it's also such a rare i can't even think of any like I, it's such a rare thing i'm like a eraser it's like one of the few <laughs> ones i can think of like okay. that doesn't have it any it is dialogue. vague it is not very common yeah. all right you listen to the impact movie chat phone lines are always open 432-3893 once again 432-3893 if there's anything you want to talk about movie related give us a call questions concerns comments you want to tell us about this awesome movie you just saw let us know about it Four three two three eighty nine three. You're listening to the Impact Movie Chat here on eighty nine FM. The Impact. All right, let's get into. We didn't see anything over the week because we saw Spider Man. It was so good. We were so exhausted, so we took a week off. We sat at home and watched videos. Right, guys? Yeah. See exactly. Mm-hmm. And but so we don't have any reviews except for what came out this week on Wednesday. Uh, the world was delighted to say. Thank all hail King Arthur. Starring Clive Owen, Kira Knightley, um, and lots of other good and actors. other people. Like uh, Stellan Skarsgård and Ray Winstone. I love Ray Winstone. 
uh, because he's the poor man's Brendan Gleeson. <laughs> and <laughs> Brendan Gleeson's not even that rich because, let's face it, I barely know who he is. So, uh, but nonetheless, King Arthur is out. It's rated PG-13. Uh, it's from the director of uh, Replacement Killers. That sounds good. Um, Bait. Mm. Uh, Training Day. I'll let you have your opinion on that. And Tears of the Sun. That film with Monica Bellucci and Bruce Willis from last year. Antoine Foucault. 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 Uh, King Arthur. Uh, we all know the uh, story of King Arthur. And apparently this is the real story. Mm-hmm. Look, they're cutting out all that bull. It's just the story. This is the story as it happened, man. <laughs> Which means Merlin was not a magician. Lancelot and Guinevere don't do the, you know, hey. Um, you know, everything's everything's above board. We're, we're, we're cutting out all the extra little, you know, frills to the story. Interesting elements. Yes. And they're just getting to the story. Which they took means, out all the stuff that made the story good. Yes. Which means they're just getting to base history, which is, it's like pseudo history. And, you know, action-adventure. So if you enjoyed Braveheart, you're going to love King Arthur. (laughs) Now, someone, thankfully, took a bullet for the team. Took one for the team. And check this out. His name is the Keister. Yes. Andy, you saw King Arthur. I did. How was it? Well, I'll tell you. Meh is the review. (laughs) Meh? M-E-H. You may have topped. uh... You may have topped. Watchable. Watchable. Thank you, Alex. <laughs> Although, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to quote Alex now and say that this movie was very watchable because uh, my primary reason for going to see it is that it was photographed by one of my favorite cinematographers, uh, a Pole named uh, Slavomir Itziak. He, did, he shot Gattaca, uh, Black Hawk Down, and a lot of other great-looking movies. To quote Marlon Brando, it's not Polak, it's Polish person. <laughs> so anyway, uh, yeah. This is, uh, as you said, it's based on the supposedly true story of of this guy who may or may not have been named Arthur and these other people who may or may not have been his knights. And, you know, again, it's it's pseudo history. Um, and most of the time watching it, I thought, you know, the legend is much more interesting than than the actual story. I mean, I think I, I've always I've always thought that in theory, a good movie can be made on just about anything. But in this case. I don't know, just a full-blown, you know, Excalibur kind of thing would have been more fun, honestly. But that's not to say that there weren't parts of this that I enjoyed. Uh, Fuqua uh, may or may not be a very good director, but he can direct action really well. And uh, a lot of the battle scenes in this were really well done, I thought. Better than in Troy, that's, that's, that's for sure. Not to compare it to that, but um, in Troy, a lot of stuff, is, a lot of what you see is very confusing. In this... It's uh, you can actually tell the strategy of an attack and what's going on and placement and movement of bodies and things like that. And 80 percent of what you see are actual human beings fighting, which was which I thought was good. instead of those large CGI armies that you're that you're used to. Uh, Yeah. Stellan Skarsgård is awesome. He's not in it for very long, but I did like him a lot. Uh, Ray Winstone. I didn't even know Ray Winstone was in this until I saw it. And I go, oh, Ray Winstone. I like that guy. He's great. Yeah, uh, and uh, he probably has the most solid character in the movie. He's he's been reduced to the the dumb comedy relief character, but as a result of that, strangely, he has probably the best performance in the movie. Um, Clive Owen, I like Clive Owen a lot, but not in this movie. Ooh, <laughs> um, he's just not very regal to me. I don't think of Clive Owen as. You know, a, a great leader. He comes off as more of a more of like a general, as if uh, as if Charles Bronson were going to play the president or something. You know, something <laughs> like that. He's just so he's so grizzled and you know, because I mean, I, I when I was a kid, I read Lamorte d'Arthur, and uh, when I was in high school, I read uh, the Once and Future King by T. H. White, which is, which is a great book, by the way, yeah. about the Arthurian legend, and. The character of Arthur is such a great character. He's the you know he's the boy king. He's charming. He's intelligent. He's you know, suave. All of that. He's kind of like the James Bond of his day almost. And he was you know handsome and all the rest of it. And Clive Owen's really none of those things in this movie, um, other than an efficient killer. You know it's kind of like the Last Samurai, I suppose. You know as good or bad as I know you hate that movie, Brad. I didn't hate sucks. it. It's uh. You know, it's about as good or bad as Braveheart. And I know 
there are people listening who think that who are uh well i don't really care about any of this technical crap that andy's talking about and i just want some action you won't be disappointed if if that's you know you'll get what you came for sounds good (laughs) (laughs) all right so but, but a lot of people are they they do right. want that. They just want blood for blood's sake. Right. I just I don't know. I thought it was the script was kind of weak. The idea for it the as an idea for a movie, it was whatever. Yeah. But because uh, they have to cut yeah. out all the interesting elements mm-hmm. of the legend. So. Yeah. I mean, all the cool stuff. Yeah. You know, stuff that rocked. Right. All right then. All right, and that is King Arthur, uh, the true story behind the legend. Thank you, Anthony. And it, it gets a rating of meh. Uh, meh. That's, that's that's my meh. that's my review. And watchable. Watchable, yes. Okay. Watchable meh. Well, I'm a little bit biased when I say when I say it's watchable. Ooh. So all right. You'll see the impact movie chat here on eighty nine FM the impact. Phone lines open four three two three eighty nine three. Once again, four three two three eight nine three. Give us a call, talk about anything you want. If you saw King Arthur, let your voice be heard. Also out this week, um a film by uh the guy who, this guy, gentleman, I'm just going to mention real quick. A few years ago, there was an interesting little short film called Churchill's Just in Love. Basically, took uh, uh, Star Wars and Shakespeare in Love and slammed them together into a short film. A lot of fun, very cute. Not necessarily a brilliant film, but an actual hit enough that it actually, you can find it at video stores. You can find it out there and rent it. Not just like, you know, a friend of a friend's got a bootleg copy of it or something like that. He parlayed that coolness and that, you know, that buzz around his name and what he could do into his opus. And that is Sleepover. <laughs> Sleepover is a teen comedy uh, starring uh, Alexa Vega, uh, you may recognize as the uh, girl from the Spy Kids films, the young female lead of the Spy Kids films done by Robert Rodriguez. Um, and it's about uh, cliques in high school. Who would have thought? And there's the popular clique and the not-so-popular clique. And, of course, the not-so-popular clique hates the popular clique. And during one night, they do a scavenger hunt during a what, Alex? Sleepover? During a sleepover. They do a scavenger hunt during a sleepover. Titular line. Someone, I'm sure, mentions, hey, why don't you come over to my house for a sleepover? <laughs> hey that's And that's how I would have directed it, so they would have made a big deal out of it. Um, it's out right now. If you're, I'm going to say 10 to 14 you may like this movie. You're probably going to be into it. You're probably looking forward to it. Um, the rest of us, and I would imagine a jaded group of uh, early to mid-20-something college guys, aren't really going to be down with it. Alex, do you want to see Sleepover? No. Reverend? No. Nah, I, was, I was expecting you to be contrary. You <laughs> had to just think to, about that for a second. I, I expected you <laughs> just to say yes, just to stick it to me. I didn't, I didn't actually see the whole trailer. I saw like half the trailer, but it, I don't know. It didn't look... Necessarily. I mean, I wasn't like, this looks terrible. I was like, whatever. I just don't have any interest in it. Okay, that's fine. Yeah. That's fine. Well, that's what I'm saying. Do you want to well, I'm not the target audience. No, for you're this not the target audience. Yeah. But I'm just asking. All right. And of course, I, I'd rather see Garfield. Okay. Ooh. Ouch. Man, that harsh. is harsh. But it's the truth. As, I, as I said, <laughs> if you're female, you're in your early teens, this is right up your alley. This is a movie made for you. Sleepover is out right now, but none of us are female and. 12 years old, so none of us want to see it. Okay, the third movie coming out this week is um, Anchorman, PG-13. We've all seen the trailers for this. Will Ferrell helped co-write this film. It's uh, co-written and directed by his uh, writing partner from SNL, Saturday Night Live, uh, Adam McKay. Also stars uh, Christina Applegate. She will not go away. (laughs) I've proclaimed her career dead for years. She will not go away. Christina Applegate from... uh, Married with Children and other bad movies and shows. Uh, Paul Rudd, Steve Carell. Steve Carell, who you may know from The Daily Show and various uh, FedEx commercials, is also in Sleepover. This is the week of Steve Carell. That's where he becomes a big star, America. Watch out. And also Chris Parnell and other SNL, Saturday Night Live cast members or uh, ex-cast members. Anchorman tells the story of Ron Burgundy. Ron Burgundy. Uh, in which is just a uh, is just a... A jerk who uh, in the 70s was an anchorman at a San Diego uh, television news station. He basically is a huge jerk, and uh, um, that's basically the best way to put him. But he's a big jerk. And he finally has to realize that his looks aren't going to really work on it to do it forever. It's a comedy. It's Will Ferrell. Uh, if you saw Old School, it's more of that. 
more of a crazy Will Ferrell's anus. Um, Reverend, uh-huh. you're not necessarily the biggest fan of Will Ferrell. No, I'm not. I don't hate him, but I don't really like Will Ferrell that okay. much. Yeah. Is there anything that's going to get you off the fence one way or another to come see Anchorman? Is there anything, has this film from the trailer, from the television commercials, has it sold itself to you? No. I mean, I didn't like the trailer. Um, it's getting really some good reviews, I think. I mean, I've looked online, you see, like, this movie's really funny. Um, but uh, he's not really my kind of comedy. But I get the, the impression if you like Will Ferrell, you'd probably like this film. Whereas that's exactly why I wouldn't like it that much. Okay. Uh, although big, big... Uh, uh, reason for me not to see this and King Arthur is PG thirteen. <laughs> Sorry, I mean, <laughs> I, I'm, I'm. You like I, your comedy body? Yeah, exactly. You like your violence bloody? Violence bloody? Exactly. He summed it up. I mean, it's like uh, okay, you know, is this gonna be Elf or I don't know? <laughs> you don't. You don't need your movie to wuss out, right? When it should get harsh. Where's Paul Verhoeven when you need him? Exactly. Exactly. If only Paul Verhoeven directed every action movie, the Reverend would be a happy man. Mm. Paul Verhoeven directed RoboCop, um, Starship Troopers, Basic Instinct, other harsh movies. Exactly. Yes. Big big fan. Man I'm does not mess around. Looking forward to his uh, Jesus movie. What? He's He's been wanting to make a movie <laughs> about Jesus for a while. Kind of off the beaten path there. <laughs> uh, but yeah. But it ties back into... Jim Caviezel played Jesus, playing Superman. Circular, exactly. Everything Everything works together. Feel the flow. Yeah. Alex, do you want to see Anchorman? Yeah, actually, I kind of do. Do you like Will Ferrell? Yes. Uh, I think he's in danger of of getting Ben Stiller syndrome, which is he's overexposed and he's. I, I don't think he's doing enough stellar stuff. You know, I mean, like he's he's appearing in one too many. He's he's showing up in one too many of these bad comedies, stuff like Starchy and Hutch, which, to be honest, I didn't see. But he, he's just uh, – I, I think he's a little bit overexposed right now. Um, I did like Old School, and I think the trailer's got some funny moments, definitely. Um, I guess my only concern about it is that you know I've seen him playing this character different places, like the TV ads, the trailer, and on the MTV Movie Awards. And my worry is that there's not – I mean, I haven't seen the film yet, but there isn't very much to this character, I think. It's just Will Ferrell doing a funny voice. Yeah. So, I don't know. I don't know how it's going to be, but I'll probably check it out. All right. Keister? I think Will Ferrell is funny for about 15 minutes, um, like most most of the cast members of SNL. I mean, most modern cast members of SNL. Uh, they're fine just in that skit, and then when it's over, it's over. Feature-length movie? Mm. Not so much. So you think this is going to be more Night of the Roxbury? Well, <laughs> nothing could. Well, what is Night at the Roxbury? It'd be hard to top that as far as uh, badness. Um, thank, thank you, Lauren Michaels. I don't know. The one the one thing that might get me to see this is uh, Paul Rudd. I do like Paul Rudd a lot, and I think he is very funny. But I'm I, from judging from the trailer, it just looks like a a throwaway supporting role. So. All right. I'll agree with the Paul Rudd thing too. I, I love I Paul think Rudd he's, too. As particularly in comedies, he's really good. Do you love Paul Rudd? Mm, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Why do I even talk to you? All right. <laughs> you listen to the Impact Movie Chat. We got a caller on the line. Caller, you're on the Impact Movie Chat. How are you doing? Oh, pretty good. Hey, I like you guys. Uh, I'm a little older uh, gentleman here, okay? <laughs> and I appreciate your your young insights on the movies. Oh, okay. We're, we're well, glad you. to hear that. Yeah. Thank you. And I uh, just started listening to you guys a few weeks ago, so uh, keep up the good work. Hey, we're here every week, man. Uh, real quick, uh, Arthur, uh, I wanted to see it anyway, but, you know, I read reviews, which I probably shouldn't. And uh, But I want to see it anyway, especially with the comments that you made tonight. And uh, let's see, the other thing, uh, Alien. Alien, Predator. I, I like science fiction, so is there anything, got anything on that? And I'll talk to you guys some other time. Thanks. All right, take care. Thanks for giving us a call, and we have information for you. Andy. <laughs> Alien versus Predator. If Finally, you, uh, they put a smooth synthesis of the Predator and Alien franchises together this summer, right? That's right. Or is no, it? I'm, I'm asking, right with a question, right? <laughs> right. No. No, okay. Because you've seen the trailer. I have. And, and it looks... Uh, it looks bad. Okay, bad, thank bad, you. Af- bad effects, everything, you know, of course, takes place in the rain or at night. So it just does not look That's good. That's the only way to do CGI. It just looks, yeah, it just looks ridiculous to me. It looks... Uh, yeah. 
It's it's everything I thought it would be. Okay. So and and it's set in Antarctica, so it's basically a thing ripoff, right? As well, uh, which the thing is an awesome movie. Can I mention that? Sure. Good. The thing is an awesome movie. Done. Andy, you Alex. mean you mean Carpenter's thing? I Carpenter's yeah. thing. Yeah, they're okay. both good. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> that's that's beside the point. But um. Yeah, I would say that if you're a fan of the Alien movies and if you're a fan of at least the first Predator, you might want to show discretion in seeing this because I think this may shatter <laughs> your expectations. Love. However, if you're a fan of Paul Anderson and films such as Mortal Kombat, Soldier, Event Horizon, you may dig this. Wow. And I'm going to give it to Phil. Interesting. <laughs> That's interesting because I'm not a fan of any of those movies. <laughs> Reverend. Yeah, i I got to admit, I'm, I, he's, I like him. I'll say he's my boy. <laughs> I, like, I like Paul W. Sanderson. I think his his movies are fun. Um, it's it's going to be a much more emphasis on action than horror. Um, so that's that's pretty much telling you. I think it's going to be in the vein of Freddy versus Jason, like where it's just like for the fans, it'll be like okay, they're fighting. That's the whole movie. The plot is doesn't matter. Yeah. It's just aliens and predators fighting each other. And, you know, I'm looking forward to it. Maybe it'll be fun. Right. If only it could be a WWE event. Yeah, I mean, that's like basically... It's in, Summer, it's in SummerSlam, and they're against each other. There's predators in one corner, aliens in another. That's basically what it is. All right. Yeah. Well, if, I will say, if you are excited about this movie, and uh, you're sitting in a theater and the trailer does come up, be sure and close your eyes and plug your ears because the entire film is given away in the trailer. <laughs> Another um, great type of trailer. If you're at right. all familiar with the Alien films and with the Predator films, this is very much the same thing. Yeah. Sorry uh, about your luck. Yeah. <laughs> all right. We're about to wrap it up. We want to remind you after this show, The Basement's up next. It's the best in local music. If you love local music, you definitely want to stick around for The Basement. It will come in and rock you out impact style. Definitely. All right. We're about to close it up. Anything else you guys want to mention about anything else? Mm. A few things. I got nothing. All right. <laughs> One last thing. on rent For rental this week, Butterfly Effect came out. Reverend, you saw Butterfly Effect. Yes. You don't hate this movie. No, I liked it. Alex? I like it too. You like it too? Yeah. I'm disappointed in both. <laughs> it's fun. You know that. So it's fun. It is. And there's, and there's a director's cut available. Yeah. That you can see. Yeah. This movie warranted a director's cut. <laughs> you mean there was there wasn't just a singular version of this film? <laughs> Someone put time and thought into this. Apparently, I got no comment. It's fun. Check it's it fun. Out. <laughs> the butterfly effect. Fun. Yes. It's, it's more than watchable. It's more than watch. More than watchable. Yeah. All right. <laughs> do, you, do you feel the same way, Reverend? Yes. And that is in video stores <laughs> near you right now as we speak. Okay, let's wrap it up. But first. The video pick of the week. Well, I've just decided this one on my own. All right. Okay. And uh, I was trying to think. Today I found out is Kevin Bacon's birthday. Mm. So, uh, Kevin Bacon. Famous movie actor. Uh, parody of himself to a degree. Occasionally does good work. Most famously known, though, as the Six Degrees of Kevin Bacon game, in which he's done so many movies and been with so many actors and films, that it's a fun little popular game, which is cool to talk about and to do in, like, the mid-90s. So if this was if this show was done right now in 1995, that's what we would have done the whole show. The whole show would have been about Kevin Bacon's birthday. Forget you, Marlon Brando. Well, technically, because Marlon Brando would still be alive if it was 1995, and we had done that the whole hour. But we saved it to the end. The video pick of the week is, I think, by far Kevin Bacon's greatest film, and an instance of why the 80s are so great because their <laughs> movies were cracked out. It's a movie. About a town with no <laughs> dancing. And if you like that hippity hop rapidy music or that rock and roll music or just loud music, music we would play here on this wonderful station, nuh-uh, they're not having it either. But then along comes a city boy who changes all their lives and shows them the beat, shows them how to dance, and most importantly, shows them how to get foot loose. Yes, foot loose. Is the video pick of the week by far Kevin Bacon's greatest work? That's your video pick of the week. All right, I'm exhausted. We've got to wrap it up. All right, so for the doubter, Alex Dow, the Reverend, the Keister, Andy Keist, I'm Brad Brooks. Thanks for joining us. We'll see you next Thursday at 7 o'clock. Same bat time, same bat channel. Stick around. The basement's up next. Have a good night. 
Thanks for listening to this evening's Exposure, only on 88.9 The Impact.